Hello and welcome to Journey Church North County. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at journeynorthcounty.org. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. All right. Good morning. I'm uh, super excited to be here because I'm always excited to be here, but I'm really excited to be here because I have been uh, not speaking for the last two weeks. We had a marriage panel two weeks ago. Uh, Nicole came and spoke last week. So I am ready, ready. Okay. I'm, I've been doing this every week and now I'm just like, I was ready. Now I'm ready, ready. So I can't wait to start this new series. We're doing this series called Church 2020. Here's what that means is that in the way that we do church now is a little bit different than the way that church was done back then. And when I say back then, I mean throughout the book of Acts. We're going to cover that and go through that and talk about what that means. But what we've realized is that the methods and some of the ways we do some things, they've changed a little bit over time. But the mission never does. The mission's always the same, even though methods and, and things that we do may change a little bit. And the other part of that is this. You guys are in a theater, so you know that this is a, a non-traditional place maybe to go to church. You've maybe been to a church before with a steeple, maybe with some pews, maybe with some stained glass windows that you've seen before. Maybe you already know this, and maybe you just need a refresher, because I do all the time, that church is not the building that you go to. In fact, God doesn't show up when you come in. God actually resides inside of you. Now, that didn't always happen, because there used to be a place and a temple and a spot that you would have to go into to, to meet with God. You couldn't meet with him directly. You'd have to talk to somebody else about it, and then they would go in, and hopefully it would go well. But that's not the case anymore. And so it's not God contained in a building. It's God contained in a body, and that body is you. And so we're going to walk through that in our new series, Church 2020. I just thought this is a great time. We're about to hit our one-year anniversary next week. It's going to be a big celebration, um, cake, photo booth. But the biggest thing is that we get to celebrate being here a year as a church. Some of you have been with us a year. Some of you have been with us a year and a half, two years, <laughs> as we got ready to start this whole thing. Some of you have been with us one month, and that's great. We just want to celebrate what God is doing here. So I'm ready to go. Hey, we had Nicole speak last week. So if you missed that, you need to go online. You can watch it on Facebook. You can watch it on our website, but you need to go online and watch it because it was, it was awesome. She spoke about faith, and she asked you, what has your faith prompted you to do? So hopefully you're still wrestling with that question, trying to figure out what is your faith prompting you to do specifically. But I just thought she did a great job, and it reminded me of the first time I ever got on stage and spoke some years back, and I remember getting on stage and then getting done. <clears throat> I was really nervous, and I finally got off stage, and I remember thinking in my head, like, okay, that was, that was not bad. Like, it was my first time, you know. I was pretty nervous, and I said a lot of ums and ands, and, and I was hoping that whatever I said connected, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but maybe it'll make sense to you kind of thing. And so I got off the stage, and, and I walked to the back. It was in one of those churches where maybe you've been to these churches before, but the, the pastor stands in the back and shakes everyone's hand as they walk out, right? Maybe you've seen that before. We don't really do that here. I mean, I'll definitely connect with you, but I'm not like, you can't leave unless you shake my hand. We don't do that here, right? So, but they did. So during the, during the here's the protocol. At the last prayer, 
the pastor would go out, right? So he's actually praying on a microphone and walking to the back so he can be ready so that you cannot leave until you shake his hand. So I'm ready, right? I know the protocol. I, I'm, I'm in the back. I'm, I got my hand ready, right? It's probably sweaty because it was rough. But I, I'm ready. I just finished my first message. And the first lady came up to me, a little old lady. She was super sweet. And she said, Cody, I just want to let you know you did a really good job. And don't worry, you'll get better. <laughs> I was like, I was feeling so good and then so defeated in like five seconds, right? And uh, I mean, even if you felt that way, you didn't have to tell me that, right? And so I remember that was my first time. I know that it can be intimidating. Nicole did a great job. She's going to speak uh, more times this year as well. well. We'll let you know about those dates when they come. But if you didn't hear that, make sure that you listen to that message. What is your uh, faith prompting you to do? Here's the next reason I'm excited is we've said it like three times already, but it is our one year anniversary. It means that God's been faithful to us for a year. And because of the things he's done with us the first year, we get to look forward to the things that he's going to do. Because here's the thing, at Journey Church, this is just the start. This is just the beginning. We're just at the front end of everything God's going to do. And it's a pretty amazing story so far. So if, if we've seen some amazing stuff just in the first 365 days, we got a lot of days to go. And we got a lot of things that God's going to do well ahead of There are things that we're working on right now that we're super excited about that you don't even know about yet. That God's just kind of prompting in us and we're talking about and we're working on. And so we're really excited about that. Make sure you're here to celebrate with us next week, our one-year anniversary. Okay, I'm asking you a question. And you're going to raise your hand if you agree with me. Raise your hand if you were excited to be in church this morning. Okay, right, right. I'm guilting you in. There we go. Raise your hand if you were not excited to be in church this morning. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure a, a few of you are lying. It's okay, though. It's okay to not be super excited. I know, listen, there, there are times I've been on staff at a church, and I'm like, oh, man. And, like, I get up, and I'm super tired, and I'm groggy, and I need coffee. And that thought crosses my mind, like, maybe we just sit it out this morning, right? <laughs> maybe we don't go to church. And so we're in this series called Church 2020. We're looking back at the beginning of the church to understand where we're at right now in our church life. And so we're asking questions like, what, why do we do this thing? Why do we go to church? Where did church come from in the first place? And I think if we answer that question, where did it come from? Why was it created? Why do we do this together? Why, do we, why is Sunday this sacred morning where we come together and we have this little meeting and gathering? If we answer that question, I think what will happen is we'll be excited to see what God does with us every week because we get to realize that we're, we're not a week-to-week church. We're part of a mission that started 2,000 years ago. It didn't start here with Journey Church. It's not a year old. It's 2,000 years old. And the start of the church was so amazing and exciting and I think God still wants to do some amazing and exciting things in our church. So here's what we're going to do is we're going to walk through the, the book of Acts. We're, we can't hit the whole thing. There's a lot of chapters in Acts. So we're just going to highlight, spot hit a few areas. But we're going to walk through the book of 
Acts. Now, the book of Acts is written by a guy named Luke. Luke actually wrote two books of the Bible. Okay, so we're talking about Acts. We're talking about the New Testament. So you have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? The next one after that is the book of Acts. So Luke, who's a doctor, he wrote the book of Luke. And he wrote the book of Acts. In fact, some people think that he wrote both of these books together, the book of Luke and the book of Acts. So here's why that's important, is because he wrote the book of Luke first, and the book of Luke walks through the life of Jesus in a very detailed perspective. Luke was detailed because he was a doctor, right? And so he felt like he needed to be detailed about the life of Jesus. And then he wrote the book of Acts, which is kind of what happens next. We're going to walk through this morning what happens at the end of Jesus' life. He goes up to heaven. People are staring up into the clouds, and they're like, okay, what do we do? In fact, I think the book of Acts, the whole thing could have been renamed to what now? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, in the book of what now? Because that's exactly how they felt. This was supposed to be the guy, Jesus, the king, who came and changed everything. He wasn't supposed to leave us. In fact, everything we know about how to be a Jesus follower was because he was with us. And so all these disciples are walking with Jesus. So if you read anywhere in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to read about the life of Jesus and how these disciples are walking with Jesus. That's how they learn about how to be a Jesus follower. But what happens when he leaves? What happens when he's gone? Honestly, at first, they have no idea. It's the book of what now? What the heck do we do? You ever felt like that before? Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, okay, I don't know how I got here, but what now? Like, what do we do? Some of you may know the story of of my son, Malachi, who's adopted, and we had a what now moment. There's a picture I've shown before. I'll show you again of, of Kate holding my son, Malachi, for the very first time. It's super cute. That's why I show it multiple times. Right, so this is the this is the first time my wife has held my son Malachi, right? Which was a special moment. Except for right before this moment, right before this happened, here's what was going on. We walk into this waiting room. You can see the little pamphlets there, like this is what you do now when you have a baby, right? And so there's little pamphlets of what you do next. And we walk into a waiting room. We literally waited waiting room for like 30 minutes and then we signed a couple papers and then they they brought Malachi to my wife and said here you go and then we're supposed to go home we literally signed a couple papers and they handed us a baby right so this is what she looked like I managed to capture that moment like perfectly on my camera phone but behind that camera phone this is what I looked like it was a little bit more real and uh terrifying uh, of kind of what I was looking like. She was like, oh, this is great. We have a baby. We're so in love. I'm like, what the heck do we do with this? If you, if you know anything about the foster and adoption system, you go from not having a baby to having a baby pretty quick. You wait a long time, a couple years in our case, but then you have a baby really quick. There ain't no nine months, right? Like, you, you go from, like, here's a phone call, here's a baby. And so this is how I was feeling. I was pretty scared. I didn't know what to do next. You have to understand, the disciples are in a moment that's going to change history, and they have no idea what to do. 
It's the book of what now? They call it the book of Acts because it's the acts of the apostles. It's, it's the actions that they're going to take after Jesus leaves. It's, they've been commissioned. They have a mission to go forth, to go spread the gospel around the world. And this, this is the way they do it. It's the acts of the apostles. But honestly, it didn't really matter because they had no idea what they were doing. So this is a guy named Luke. He writes two books, the book of Luke and the book of Acts. He's a doctor, and he leaves everything to travel with a guy named Paul. So if you were here for a, a couple different series we've done, we've talked about this guy named Paul. He wrote some letters to the churches, and he travels with him, this guy named Luke. So Luke's a doctor. He's traveling with Paul, and here's how the book of Acts, the book of what now, opens up. So this is Acts chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. If you have a Bible, open it up to Acts chapter 1. Again, in our Bible app, you can follow along. The instructions are on the back of your connection card. Make sure you follow along on the Bible app, uh, or they'll be on the screen for you as well. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about this former book, the book of Luke, right? So this is Luke. In my former book, the book of Luke, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions to the Holy Spirit, to the apostles he had chosen. Okay, this, this is a, a verse that I've read a ton of times. And honestly, I, I've flown by it because Acts 1.8 is like the exciting verse. This is kind of eh, right? I don't even know exactly who this Theophilus guy is. I just know that, that Luke's starting his, his thing. But he says something key here. He says, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit, to the apostles. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's this Holy Spirit person? Because we haven't really talked about him much before. That's important. Let me show you why. I have a rope here. <clears throat> I'm going to try not to trip over. So here, here's what would happen. We've talked about the Old Testament, these Old Testament books, and what you would have to do is if you wanted to talk to God, you didn't pray, right? Uh, you could pray, but really what you want to do is you want to go to your priest. Because what your priest would do, he would go one day a year to the Day of Atonement. Day of Atonement is where you need to go to get your sins forgiven. And there was this temple. Inside this temple, in the furthest part, there's a place called the Holy of Holies. It's where the Ark of the Covenant resided. And inside the Ark of the Covenant was God. The literal presence of God was in this Ark of the Covenant inside the Holy of Holies, inside the temple. So here's what they would do. One day a year on the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament, the priest, only the high priest, only one guy, he would tie a rope around his waist. So he would tie this rope around his waist, and then there were people, there would be people outside the temple who could not go in who would hold the rope, right? And so he would walk in step by step, kind of like a rock climber would essentially, and he's walking into the temple while they're holding the other end of the rope. Here's why they did that. Is because once you got into the temple, into the Holy of Holies, into the Ark of the Covenant, and into the presence of God, there's a good chance you were not going to make it out alive. You might die. In fact, it happened kind of often because people just couldn't be in the presence of God. And back then, it was really important that you followed all the rules that God set forth. If the priests weren't clean or if they didn't do it the right way, they would die. 
And so what would happen is they would have this rope tied to their waist because when a priest died, they needed to drag his body out of the temple. And so they, they, what they would feel is they would feel, they would tug on the rope. After a while, they're like, okay, his body's limp. And they would pull his body out of the temple. Cool job, right? So that was, that was the high priest who had to follow all the rules. But here's what happened. Here's what's cool. And here's why that's important. Is because they went through all that to be able to be in the presence of God in the Old Testament. But then this guy named Jesus comes and changes absolutely everything. Jesus comes, he dies on a cross for our sins, and then after he dies on a cross, the temple is split open to show there is no barrier anymore. You can come directly to God. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go through someone else. You have access to God, the God of the universe. Now, understand, this would have been a major, 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 major deal to any Jewish people because this couldn't happen before. And somewhere along the way, 2,000 years later, when we stand in a church building, we have forgotten the power of Christ in us. See, we never had to do the thing where we tied the rope around the priest's waist and hoped that he came out alive so he would atone for our sins. We didn't have to go through all that work because we've always had something called the Holy Spirit. So Acts chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, talks about the Holy Spirit. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. There's a new thing now. It's different. Yeah, it's the book of what now. We don't know what to do, but here's what I've given you. I've given you a gift. It's called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will be with you to lead, guide, and instruct you. The same Holy Spirit that was there, we're going to talk about the day of Pentecost later on, but the same Holy Spirit that was there in the day of Pentecost is the same Holy Spirit that resides in you today. So when you're, when you're asking questions that may even seem small to you, like what's the next job I should take or how do I discipline my kids without going crazy or bigger questions like how do I get healed from an illness or what do I do next or where do I go or where is God leading me? Ever since this time, we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit that lives with us that helps us to answer those questions. And we have direct access to God to be able to ask him, to ask the Holy Spirit, okay, what do we do next? So you need to know this, that there is power in the presence of God. The Old Testament Jews knew this so well because they saw people die in the presence of God. The presence of God in the Holy of Holies, in the Ark of the Covenant, it now says that it resides inside of you. That Holy Spirit is now in a new temple. Your body is a temple of God, and the Holy Spirit resides inside. It's a monumental change in everything that was done in the Old Testament. Acts 1-3. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So let me catch you up. Here's where we're at. Is Jesus dies on the cross. But after three days, he comes back. Now, everyone doesn't see him. Just a few people see him, mainly the apostles and a few other people that were with them. But he comes back over a period of 40 days. So you may know this, this part where he, Jesus shows his hands and his feet, and there are holes there. And so he comes back for 40 days. 
Now, if you come back from the dead and you got 40 days to talk about anything, it better be important, right? Like, okay, for some reason you've risen from the dead. You are back. You died and you are back. And you got 40 days. What are you going to do? So it says for 40 days, Jesus does nothing but talk about the kingdom of God. That's all he does. He is prepping and getting them ready for, okay, here's the future. Here's what you got to do now. Here's what the church looks like now. The church is made up of the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is everywhere. And these churches now are going to work together to spread this good news of the gospel of who I am. I've died. I've risen again. I've forgiven the sins of the world. And now we want to see the kingdom of God here on earth. It's why we have church. And it's why one church will never change a city but churches working together could. Because it's never gonna be about Journey Church, but it's always gonna be about the kingdom of God. Because when he had 40 days, he didn't say, okay, now it's time to build church, 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 church. You go and do your own thing. For 40 days, he said, it's about the kingdom of God. And seeing that be here on earth. That means our prayer for Journey Church is that in Oceanside, that Oceanside may be like the kingdom of God here on earth. There's power in the presence of God. So verse four, Jesus comes back. He's talking 40 days about the kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God. So here's what happens next. Verse four, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem. These are mostly Jews, by the way, right? Luke, in fact, the guy who wrote this book is one of the, the, the only Gentiles, I think he's the only Gentile to write a, a book of the Bible. They're all Jews. So he said, okay, you're gonna stay in Jerusalem, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk about this a little bit next week. There's a, a day that's called Pentecost where fire and wind blow and, and the Holy Spirit comes down to live amongst us. Throughout the Old Testament, we're, we're kind of paralleling these two things, right? Throughout the Old Testament, when we saw the presence of God, it was in two things. It was in the wind and it was in fire. And so in the New Testament, when the Holy Spirit comes for the first time, to our lives, to the apostles' lives, to the people at the time. When the Holy Spirit comes, he comes like they would have recognized it before, in the wind and in the fire. So he comes down, wind and fire. Verse six. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the time or the date the Father has set by his own authority, but you... Key here, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That promise that you're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit is the exact same Holy Spirit that you have today. It's why the church is so powerful as a community together is because it's injected with the Holy Spirit. 
And so when, when you are like the apostles and you're like, okay, I don't know what to do next. God, you're, you're not with us. Jesus isn't walking right here in front of us today. It would be easier if he, if he was. But he gave us instead the Holy Spirit, which is the power inside of you, which means that you don't have to worry about tomorrow, which means that you don't have to carry the burdens of life because the Holy Spirit has set you free from those things. He resides within you ever since this moment. And so you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my authority, my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Here's what that means for our church, for Journey Church, Church 2020. Here's what that means for today. Is that he's laying out kind of a roadmap that you're gonna have, uh, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. For us, Jerusalem is our area. Oceanside, Carlsbad. How do we serve our community? How do we let people know about Jesus? Judea, right? So Judea is, is, is like the next part out. So it's San Diego County. What ministries and what partnerships do we can we have to partner with people to help people know more about Jesus? It talks about Samaria, which is, I equate to the rest of, of our country, the U.S. We partner with an organization called North American Mission Board, and we actually give to them every month they helped get our church started, and through us, we helped start church plants all around the U.S. So we give and we help their North American Mission Board to fund relief projects, to fund church plants, to make sure that it's not just about Journey, it's about other churches around the U.S. as well. That's our Samaria. And then to the ends of the earth, we're going to have an info meeting next month about our trip to Haiti, and we're going to talk about that. That's happening in 2020. We're going to be doing Haiti 2020, and Haiti's just the first step. We're going to take multiple mission trips around the world as as Journey Church over the years. I'm so excited about, like I said, we're just on the front end of what God's going to do in our church. And so we're going to be witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth through Oceanside, San Diego County, the U.S., and the rest of the world. And then Acts 1.9 says this. After he said this, right? So he just, he said that you're going to receive power, you're going to be my witnesses. After Jesus said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from sight. Now here's what happened. You're about to read this in just a second, but here's the truth. Here's what happened. Jesus dies, okay? He comes back three days later, and he's on the earth for 40 days. So all the apostles are like, sweet. He died, but he's back. We have our Jesus back. We know what to do now, right? We're with Jesus. He's just gonna be with us. And then, boop, he's gone. So here's what happens is now all these people who have been hanging out with Jesus, who saw Jesus after his death, are just staring at the sky. Is he coming back? Or so what do we what do we what do we do now? Uh, do you know what to do? Is he coming back in another three days? Is this like a three day, forty day thing where like he comes back and forth? We don't quite understand what's going on. So you have all these people that are just literally staring into the sky, like what the heck do we do now? Verse 10, here's the proof. 
They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking to the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. We continue to do this as well. Have you ever seen, like, maybe someone post on Facebook or maybe you've heard someone say this, that, man, I just wish Jesus would come back today, right? I just wish life's difficult and we just need Jesus, which is nice, right? When that happens, it's going to be good. But sometimes we're just left staring at the sky. When we have a mission today here on earth for our city, in our county, in our state, in our country, in our world, we've been given a mission and sometimes we're just left staring at the sky like life is hard, Jesus, will you just come back and like take care of all this stuff? You have a mission. You have an agenda. Don't be left staring at the sky. God's called you to what you're going to do today in your church. Over the years, the methods have changed, but the mission has always stayed the same. What's the mission? Here it is. They write at the end of the book of Matthew, chapter 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you've seen a baptism, this is what I'll say when we baptize that in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit comes from this. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Surely he's with you always. Now we know that Jesus isn't walking right here in front of us right now. So what does that mean? That means the Holy Spirit inside of you is with you always until the end. He's always with you. And he's going to help you on the mission that you've been called to as a church. So if you're like me, that can sound intimidating. Like it sounds intimidating to me to be like, okay, God, you've called me to, to reach people as part of our church. We're about to celebrate a one-year anniversary, and we're on a mission here together to do this together. But it sounds intimidating to reach not just Oceanside, not just San Diego County, not just California, not just the U.S., but the entire world. How do we do that? Like you in your seat right now, how are you supposed to reach the world How is that even possible? Here's how you do it. It starts with one person. So you have to ask yourself the question, who's your one? Who in your neighborhood? Who in your community? Who right outside of your church? Who has God called you to? Because when the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, he's put you on a mission. He's called you to reach the people around you. So we're asking the question, who's your one? So that's J.D. Greer. He's a pastor at a church in, in North Carolina, but he's also the president of the SBC, and, and they are, are, are connected together with NAM and North American Mission Board. And so they're saying, hey, we're going to reach people all through the U.S. with these churches connected together, but it all starts with one person. Who is your one? Who is God leading you to to reach? Because Here's the truth is that we're not called to a meeting. This is a meeting, a get-together, right? We're called to a mission. And if it's ever just a meeting, then we're not doing what God's called us to do. And honestly, we've kind of sucked the purpose out of the church. This book of Acts that we're going to go through the next few weeks, 
This is the beginning. And you got to understand the beginning to understand what we're doing here. You don't get the purpose of, of, of church and the purpose of gathering together unless you get where it comes from. This is where it comes from. This is why we do what we do. That we've been called to reach people with the love of Jesus. You know that if, if your life has been changed by the Holy Spirit, by Jesus in your life, you know that the power of what exists there. And you've got to let other people know about that as well. It's not something that you keep to yourself. That's your mission. So we're asking the question this week. Write down your notes. Put it in your phone. Pray about it this week. Who is your one? So what we're going to do is we're going to worship together. We're going to sing one more song. And uh, we just pray that, that whatever is going on in your life right now, that you would just connect with God during the song, no matter what it is, knowing that the Holy Spirit rests inside of you. If you've given your life to Jesus, that means the Holy Spirit has come inside of you. That means you have all the power you need to overcome the things that are going on in your life. So what is God calling you to and who is he calling you to? Think about that as we sing our next song. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at journeynorthcounty.org. Thank you once again for being part of our family and we'll see you next time.